You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Wow, that's exciting. I'm sitting here choking up watching that baptism video. So, so good. Well... I'll admit it, it's scary to drive with me. <laughs> my wife will attest to that, some of my friends will as well. Sometimes when I'm, I'm driving, I get so animated, we're talking and I start to drift out of my lane or those longer trips and I start to get drowsy and you know, I start nodding off and it's like, it's just, it can be a, a pretty scary deal to, to drive with me, I admit it. But I'm thankful for something, those rumble strips, right? You guys know, oh, those annoying yet necessary rumble strips, alerting the distracted driver or drowsy driver, and you hit those things, and it's like it's a wake-up call. Well, just like driving, we drift spiritually, and we start to get out of the lane that God has for us. One of the indicators that we're, that we're drifting is the neglect of prayer. Or we might be going through the motions and our heart's not really into it in, in, while we're praying. In the book Spiritual Leadership, Sanders quotes Vaughn who says this, if I wish to humble anybody, I should question him about his prayers. I know nothing to compare with the topic for its sorrowful self-confessions. Sanders goes on to say, prayer is indeed the Christian's vital breath and native air. But, strange paradox, most of us find it hard to pray. We do not naturally delight in drawing near to God. We sometimes pay lip service to the delight and the power of prayer. We call it indispensable. We know the Scriptures call for it, yet we fail to pray. Ooh, anybody can relate? I can. Well, this morning we're going to look at Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. So if you have your Bibles or your device, you want to turn there. We're going to look at 4... Chapter 4 in Colossians, which is actually a bit of a spiritual rumble strip that wakes us up, where Paul writes to this fledgling new church plant in Colossae. Paul did not plant this church. One of his apprentices, Epaphras, and now co-worker, brought the gospel to Colossae, and a new church was, was birthed, and now Paul is writing to them in the book of Colossians, and he's encouraging them, he's exhorting them, and he's challenging them about prayer. And he not only says the, about the importance of prayer, but he also says, how can we pray? Which is pretty instructive for us if you want to up your game and you know you need to in prayer. So Paul starts out with this in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. He says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful. 
Continue steadfastly. Keep at it. Be devoted, attentive in prayer. And then he says this, being watchful. You know, watchful and watch isn't a, a word we often use, but the basic idea is the idea of to be awake or to be alert spiritually. Paul is saying be alert spiritually. He uses this term uh, watchful in another text in 1 Thessalonians 4. He says, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the, of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake. That word keep awake is the same thing he's saying about being watchful. Jesus in Matthew said this, watch and pray. Stay awake. Stay alert spiritually and pray. So that's our challenge. Keep praying. Stay alert. Paul said, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful. But the question is this, how should we pray? How should we pray? He not only exhorts us to pray, but he goes on to instruct us in Colossians about how we can pray, and he writes to them, and there's instruction for us as well. How can we pray? Paul writes about something that I call gospel-fueled prayer, and the first practice that he wants us to, to exercise is this, pray with thanksgiving. Paul goes on and he writes this in 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So we pray, when we pray, we do it with thanksgiving. We don't just treat God as some vending machine in the sky where we write, push in all these requests and say, come on, give me what I need. No, no. God has reconciled us to Himself for a relationship, and we take time in His presence, and we spend time talking with Him and relating to Him, and thanking Him for what He's done for us in Jesus Christ, and for all the blessings that we have in Him. Question. It's already been mentioned how worship helps us to reignite our hearts in, in thanks. But what do you do if, if you, your heart's grown cold and you don't feel thankful or things aren't going so well? How do you, we need to work at cultivating a thankful heart. Think about this for a minute. Paul is in prison while he's writing this letter. Not so much a fun circumstance, unjustly accused and thrown in prison, right? Yet, He's being thankful. He, he expresses it throughout this letter or in the earlier chapters. He's encouraging them to be thankful. See, Paul had tapped into the, a secret about he had cultivated a thankful heart. And I'll give you a few things to, to think about as you consider, how do I cultivate and keep my heart in a, in a state and attitude of gratitude? First thing of cultivating a, a thankful heart is I would recommend this. Stop expecting to know why when hard circumstances hit. We don't always know why. I'm not talking about hard circumstances because you did something dumb or I did something dumb and it's like, okay, well, we know why that happened. I'm talking about circumstances that are out of your control, that come your way, that you're like, I don't know why this has happened, but I might not know why. 
It's just part of living in a fallen world. But we tend to fixate on, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Avoid that need to know, always know why. And instead, secondly, appreciate God's spiritual blessings, not just His material ones. Now, should we be thankful for material blessings? Yes, no question about it. But we tend to stop there. And then if things go hard or material things aren't going our way or some circumstances hit us, that's the end, it kind of our thanks dries up. Now, we need to be thankful for His spiritual blessings. Thirdly, focus on God's grace to you in Christ to fuel your genuine gratitude. You want to cultivate those spiritual blessings in Christ. Now, Paul, this is chapter 4, from chapters 1 through 3, as you read it, you find him highlighting for the believers in Colossae, this is what's true of you. Because you've believed in Jesus Christ in the gospel, that Jesus has died for you, risen, ascended to God's right hand, and he's coming back, you believe that message, you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there are spiritual blessings that are yours by being united with Jesus now, that this is a reality. Whether circumstances come or go or hard, these are a constants that you can always be thankful for. So let's do a quick fly through the book of Colossians, all the things that Paul had talked about. And by the way, you don't need a seminary degree to do this. Like, all I did was read through Colossians and Here's what he said is true of, of me as a believer. Here's what's true of me as a believer. And he says this, Colossians 1.5, hope. Friend, if you're in Christ, you have hope. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, you're still exploring faith. The things that I'm going to list out here can be true of you. But if you put your faith in Christ, these are true of you. You have hope. You have a confident future of good that's coming your way in the resurrection of Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. God's empowering presence is yours right now. You have an eternal inheritance from the Father that's way better than an earthly inheritance. You've been rescued from the dark domain. You've been not only rescued from the domain of darkness, you've been transferred and put into the kingdom of God's Son. You're already under the, the reign of a good king who's laid down his life for you. You've been redeemed. He paid the purchase price. You're already set free. Your sins are forgiven. You've been reconciled. You were God's enemy. Now you're reconciled to God and you have peace with God. That's your standing peace with God. You're no longer alienated. Christ is in us, not only you individually, but in the, the collective body. You have Jesus. He's the treasure of, the, of all wisdom and knowledge. You're filled in Him. You're alive in Christ. Christ is your life. You're going to be with Christ in glory forever. He's chosen you, and he's, you've been called by God to be one part of one body, never ever alone. You're part of his broader family. So much to be thankful for. If you believe these things are true of you, and whether you're having a bad day or whether you're going through a crisis, these things are true for you. You can be 
have gratitude and cultivate thanksgiving if you'll focus on these spiritual blessings. Well, here's how it worked for me one time. I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, my daughter number two, Stacy, was getting married that particular weekend. We were he going to head down to Richmond. She's marrying a great guy. So excited for this. It's Tuesday. We're just a few days away from the, the wedding celebration. And I'm driving to a, on the DC Beltway, getting ready to meet with a guy. And I get a phone call from New Jersey. Your mom's not doing well. You better get up here. So I do a U-turn, head, head on back, head up to New Jersey, tell my brothers, we, let's meet up there. We zoom up 95, we head up to New Jersey, we get there. My mom's passed away. Now I got a choice at that point. Like, I could go into, why is this happening now, right before? This is like crazy. It so, was so sad, so sad, such a, such a hard time. And so my brothers and I, you know, we went out to lunch, but it was like the assisted living where she was staying was like, we got to get her stuff out of here. And it was like, I'm, go, I'm meeting with funeral directors and I'm going into all this mode. I've got to take care of things, getting my brothers like, okay, you go get a U-Haul. We got this. We're, we're doing all this. And then I kind of, in the midst of the sadness and the, and the sorrow and all this, I, I finally settled down and I'm like, thinking. And the Holy Spirit graciously reminds me of something in Hebrews chapter 4. I'm, I belong to Jesus, and I have a sympathetic high priest who understands what I'm going through. And so I start reflecting on that passage, and it says, you can come to me and find mercy and help in time of need. And it it was a big heart shift for me so that I could, in the midst of sorrow, also experience the reality of who I am and what I have in Jesus, and He understands, and that I could go to Him and experience His presence in the midst of that so that I could drive down 95, down to Richmond, and be fully present in the midst of that joyful occasion. And, uh, God meets us there, and so I could cultivate an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude in my heart. So that's the first thing Paul says. Gospel-fueled prayer helps you to, to pray with thanksgiving. But Paul continues to write in Colossians 4, 2 through 6, he says this, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, Pray also for us that God may open for us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom. Now he, he exhorts them. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the mo best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person." Again, I remind you, Paul's writing from prison. And, uh, you know, recently I was reading a book, and uh, it was all about uh, those that were incarcerated unjustly. They hadn't done the, the crime, but they were doing the time. 
And it was so sad. I mean, they were in there, but I was grateful for these, these lawyers that were, and, and were working for justice to see these prisoners free and uh, get out of jail. Well, one of the things, and understandably so, that preoccupied the prisoners was what? Getting out. Well, Paul's a prisoner, and he's preoccupied with getting the gospel out. He's in prison. He's saying, pray for me that God would open a door for the word so that the gospel would, I could proclaim the gospel and share Christ and do it and make it clear so the message is clear. He's preoccupied with the gospel going out. And that's just not for Paul like, uh, you know, missionary par excellence who's planting churches all over the place. Because in the same context, he exhorted these everyday believers in Colossae about their walk towards outsiders and their speech being with grace, seasoned with salt, and that they ought to look and think about and be ready to know how to answer every outsider that they're encountering in their everyday life. So if Paul needs prayer for open doors for the opportunities and be able to speak with clarity, I think you and I do too. So the prayer gospel-fueled prayer, you pray not only with thanksgiving, but you pray for gospel opportunities. That's the second way to pray. Pray with thanksgiving, pray for gospel opportunities. It's not that hard. Molly, my wife, and I pray for our neighbors. We're, we've got friendships with our neighbors. We love, we love our neighbors. We love hanging out with them. We do happy hours out on the street or we, uh, we have times where we're like doing a picnic in the backyard or we go and just, uh, do, just do social things together, have uh, a lunch or a meal together. But I, I realized at one point, you know, I'm not having that so many, so many opportunities to share. So we started praying like, Lord, give us opportunities and give us open doors to share. And I was amazed that like right after that and around that time, this is a, a prayer that God delights to answer. We started having these extended conversations at picnics and somebody would say, hey, something that you said the other day uh, got me thinking, could you explain that more? And it was just like so exciting, so thrilling to have these gospel conversations. My encouragement to you is to pray for opportunities. Right in your neighborhood with colleagues at work, for family, friends, people that you know, people in your neighborhood, just ask God for the opportunities and that he would help give you the words to say. So I want you to think now for a minute, how do these two aspects of prayer relate to each other? Think with me. Pray for, with thanksgiving and then pray for gospel opportunities. Here's how they relate. The big idea is this. Gospel gratitude fuels prayer for gospel outreach. You see, if we are so uh, saturated with the good news and the gospel of grace for our own lives, and we're thankful for that, we want that message to saturate our neighborhoods. We want that message to saturate our family and our friendships and those at work and those in Easton and those on the Eastern Shore and those all over our country and the nations. Because we're so thankful for it. We're like, we got it. We're in on it. We want others to get in on that too. Because gospel gratitude 
fuels prayer for gospel outreach. My friends, I want to encourage you with this. Colossians 4, 2 through 6, let it be a rumble strip to awaken you, to keep you alert, to keep praying. Pray gospel-fueled prayers, prayers of thanksgiving for all that God's done for you in Jesus Christ, and then pray for gospel opportunities with friends, people that you run contact with every day. Would you allow me to pray for you right now along these lines as a church? Please pray this for us, for me in Scent Network, but also I pray, we have an intercessory prayer team. We pray for you every week as one of our church plants, and we're constantly praying open doors of opportunity for people in Easton for East Point, for the churches all over our network, and we intercede for you. I want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word, for your Holy Spirit that instructs us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay spiritually alert, to pray gospel-fueled prayers. Lord, I pray for everyone here today for those that don't know you yet, I pray, Lord, that they would come to faith in Jesus Christ and experience all the spiritual blessings that are found in him. I pray that for everyone that is already believing in Jesus, that the spiritual realities might become an even greater reality in their heart of hearts and fuel their thanksgiving. Holy Spirit, I pray, awaken us to the reality of all that you've done for us. And Lord, I pray for every person here, for every family, for every single, that you would open opportunities up just to share the good news of Jesus with friends that are living without hope. And I pray, Lord, that you would do this for your name's sake, for your glory. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give a big thank you to Mark McGeever, please? Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Anytime somebody opens up the scriptures and speaks to us, man, we are grateful. Anytime somebody prays for us like that with genuine heartfelt prayer, we're grateful. Man, well, church, I'm excited because this is one of those days where, like, if you came for the first time today, like, you found out in 60 minutes, that's what that church is about. We're missions-minded. We love to average. We believe that God moved toward us when we didn't deserve it. We believe that he loved us when we were unlovable, right? That he actually cares about us even though we were running away from God. And that love, that grace and mercy, it has done something to us. It has changed us and made us now. We want to go love other people. And so if you're here, maybe you're even invited by a friend where they're like, I have no idea what's going on, but you got to experience this. It's because we love you. It's because we believe the gospel and it has sent us and it has driven us to share the love of Jesus with our neighbors, with our friends, with our co- I mean, we just want the world to know that's who we are. We're growing in faith, but we're also reaching the world. And so we're glad. Uh, We want to be a church full of missionaries. And so we're going to respond in a couple of ways this morning. I just want you to know, like a few weeks ago, we took a special two for Talbot offering, right? Where we collected a special offering and we grace bombed Talbot Interfaith Shelter. 
But there's like our regular giving every week that we do. And there are organizations like the Scent Network that we support on a monthly basis. We support church planting initiatives and planters and pastors all over that map through our regular giving. And so this morning, uh, as you prepare to give, there's a few ways to do that. We have our, we, have, we call it our old school giving box. For those of you who still got the swag and you write checks, you can drop that in the, in the giving box. If you prefer to give through texting, you can text the phone number. You can give on the Church Center app. You can give at our website, epeaston.com, and the, the button on the top right-hand corner. But as we give, I want to take another moment and just pray that the Lord would use these funds. He would use gifts on a regular basis to support the church planting initiatives all over the shore. So would you stand with me, and we're going to pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, not just to go for the gospel, but also to give. Pray that you would use every offering, every dollar collected, Lord, uh, through East Point Church to support missions both locally and globally. So bless these planters, bless these pastors. Father, use the Scent Network to continue to support and raise up and train planters and pastors for your glory. So we love you, Lord. We thank you for this tremendous gathering this morning. We pray that you would be glorified, that we would leave here with a greater mindfulness and watchfulness for prayer for gospel opportunities, Lord. We love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Be blessed as you give. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.